Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're discussing Bollywood's next leading man, heartthrob Varun Dewan, and three films that showcase his exceptional range. First up, David Dewan's zany madcap comedy, Main Terra Hero, from 2014. Then the Sriram Raghavan noir thriller, Badapur, from 2015. And finally, Rohit Dewan's buddy cop action comedy, Dishoom, currently in theaters. Yeah, where we actually caught it. We caught it in theaters for once. That yes, was nice. We went to the movie theater with our good friend, Julia Franklin, past guest of the show. Yeah. Uh, she happened to be in town for a couple of weeks, and we snuck away to go see a movie. She's leaving today. I'm very sad. Also, happy birthday to Juliet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, checking out our Olympics episode. We got lots of uh, listens on that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd like to uh, extend uh, congratulations to the two women from India who've won medals this year. Yes. Um, P.V. Sindhu has won a silver medal in badminton in women's singles. Uh, Deepika Padukone is a badminton player, and her father is a celebrated huh. badminton player. So That's cool. I don't know if P.V. Sindhu <laughs> knows Deepika Padukone. But, uh, maybe Deepika will play her in the movie. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe... We will be looking forward to biopics of these two women. Uh, and the other woman is um, Sakshi Malik, who won a bronze medal in women's freestyle wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so way to go, ladies. Yeah, they're making all these uh, biopics of cricketers lately. They might as well make some uh, Olympian biopics, too. Well, we have Mary Calm. Yeah. Um, and Bagmakabag. But, you know, I I quite enjoy the, the Bollywood uh, sports biopic genre. So I'd like to see more. I know biopics are very popular right now in Bollywood. Maybe Freaky Ali is a biopic of <laughs> a happy Gilmore-esque uh, gangster turned uh, uh, golf player. Not, not too sure about that, but I am looking forward to that film. That movie looks great. Uh, oh, we heard from uh, a listener that uh, the sound isn't loud enough. So Hopefully this is loud enough Well, for we had a bit of a, a rough patch with our Canada Day episode when Matt... Um, set things up just completely wrong. So I, was I sound like I'm I was in drunk room. as per Canada Day tradition. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I sound like I'm in another room, and Matt sounds great. Uh, then, I always sound great. <laughs> there was that time it. that you forgot to plug in the mic. So we've bumped up the level. Well, we had Juliet on the show, and I also I fell out of a chair. <laughs> yes, yes. You can only imagine what goes on behind the scenes here at uh, Bollywood for Lovers. It's it's pretty chaotic. <laughs> so we've uh, upped the levels a bit for this episode. Um, if there's an improvement, uh, please let us know. We're always interested to hear, uh, what we're doing well and what we could do better. You know, constructive criticism. Yeah. Mad cat comedy on this end. Just like main <laughs> tier <Tierra> hero. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh dear God. I hope not. Yeah. Uh, well, that gets all of our, uh, preliminary step out of the way. You have anything else uh, you want to say before we dive into, uh, heartthrob Varunda one? No, off the top I, of my head, I wasn't head, sure no. if we should call him a dreamboat or a heartthrob. I don't know if there's a difference between those two terms. I think he might be both. Dreamboat or a heartthrob? I feel like a dreamboat is kind of passive, like mm. a dream, like a boat that's just sailing along. It doesn't really realize how hot it is. Yeah. Do you think that's more like a Siddharth Maholtra? Maybe. I think he's pretty aware of what he looks like, though. Yeah. Maybe in the movie Student of the Year, where he kind of walks around and they sing that song about him. Maybe that's <laughs> the definition of a dreamboat. Whereas a heartthrob, I mean, that's Patrick Swayze, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I think like Vern Dewan fits this description. To a T, and I know Buzzfeed feels he is very thirsted. Do so. Have they made I mean, they made a Bollywood version of Dirty Dancing yet? I mean, that just seems like a given, right? That should exist. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that seems like a movie that should happen. Yeah, I mean, like this is not 
a Bollywood version of Dirty Dancing. But like Ram Nirvana Di Jodi has like couples dancing. It does, but uh-huh. you know, it doesn't have that. I went to camp and then I met the hottest guy at the camp. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we watch it around these parts, you know, every couple months and you always enjoy it as you leave the room. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually sat through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I love it. But that seems like a movie that should happen, right? Yeah. There's got to have been a, a, a cover version of uh, um, Dirty Dancing made, right? Call up the producers. Yeah. Yeah. Pitch it. <laughs> I have a great idea. It's actually not my idea, and I had no involvement in the original idea. But, great idea by me. Please pay me. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll put out a minor plug. We did Dirty Dancing on Trash Art the Movies, if you really want to hear everything that I think about it. Uh, but Varunda One, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All that out of the way. Uh, I love Varunda One. He is one of my favorite kind of young uh, Bollywood actors. He is the son of film director David Dewan. Uh, before he kind of got into acting, he was working behind the scenes and was an assistant director to Karen Johar. On- kind of like Rithik Roshan, huh? Um, I think I think that's a lot of these uh, these like yeah. star kids um, kind of get into the industries. Kind of they do these. You do um, back scenes, stuff, yeah, backstage. These, the, these production work jobs, and then they kind of like learn the ropes and then they get put in front of the camera. Uh, Perry Nettie Chopra uh, was mm. working at Yash Raj before she yeah. started starring in Yash Raj films. So is this just sort of like if you want to park your kid somewhere in the industry, you get them uh, an internship? Maybe, but I, I also think that, um, I mean, there's a certain kind of nepotism in the Bollywood film industry. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the big and up-and-coming stars are the children of established producers, directors, or um, stars. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think these kids, while they have that upper hand, a lot of them work very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you can't say that people like, you know, our student of the year. But he worked cast. with Karen Johar on uh, My Name is Khan, right? Yes, That's, yes. Yeah. So he was an assistant director to Karen Johar on My Name is Khan, along with Siddharth Maholtra, actually. Oh, really? That came out in 2010. Huh. And then he debuted in Karen Johar's Student of the Year in 2012. And Matt, I rewatched Student of the Year recently. Showed it to... I think you it was had like, the ladies over. Yeah. Five yeah. of my girlfriends. We did Korean face masks and drank Prosecco. It was an excellent night. And everyone loved it. Who that did, movie who, yeah. is so entertaining. And I just... I think, like, it's that perfect kind of, like, clueless magic. That just kind of, like, teen drama... Like the movie Clueless, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of like that perfect kind of teen drama that I don't think Hollywood turns out anymore. Like no. very nineties. This love triangle between Varun Dewan, Siddharth Maholtra, and Ali Abbott feels like and that other primal. Bi- that other bitchy one is involved. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the homoerotic tension, the I want to say gay subtext, but honestly, it's just gay text between Varun Dewan and Siddharth Maholtra. What are you talking about? They're just best pals. Wonderful. <laughs> no, the amount of times that they make references to like. Should they kiss? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is clearly just text. Did you do a straw poll afterwards and figure out who they preferred? Was it Varun or was it Siddharth? Um, I did, but I don't remember. I mean, I think it, like, I think people oscillated throughout the film. I I come back to Varun. You're team Varun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm team Varun. I do really like Siddharth Meldrum, but I think that's also because I've seen Varun Dewan's subsequent work. And I think he has so much range and so much charisma, whereas I think Siddharth Maholter is a bit of like a tougher nut to crack. I think as of yesterday, we've seen every Varun Dewan movie, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Although he's, you he's, fell asleep during ABCD2. I fell asleep during ABCD2. I would like to go back to it. But that was actually in Chicago with Juliet. No, that was here. That was here with Juliet. <laughs> but And both you and Juliet fell asleep. It was just very late at night. It had nothing to do with neither of you being invested yeah. in the film. You guys were just tired. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Varun Dewan, if you want to uh, get on board with an uh, actor's entire filmography, pretty pleasant. And, uh, you know, every movie's pretty good. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that a bit more, but, like... Compared to some other actors where there's quite a few things to get into, yeah. you can you can get up to speed on uh, Varun Dewan pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel very similarly about Ali Abad. You can mm-hmm. really kind of quickly, um, you know, catch up with with this exciting up-and-coming performer um, mm-hmm. because some of these newer actors don't have this huge body of works, you know. Yeah. For newcomers like us, it's been really easy to kind of dig our teeth into these really young, exciting performers. Yeah. Um, so he was nominated for Best Debut at the Filmfare Awards for Student of the Year. Uh, his other films include Humpty Sharma Ki Dalhania in 2014, one of my favorites. Well, I, we also talked about that one on the Ali Abad episode. We did. And we talked about Student of the Year on the... Next Generation Fourth episode, episode of yeah. the podcast, We'll I link think. them in the notes. Yeah. We, we've talked about these in the past, so yeah. if you want to hear our takes on those, you can go back into the archives. I love Humpty Sharma Ki Dalhania. It's great. I think yeah. that's probably my favorite movie that he's in. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But we'll get into that, I think. Um, and then ABCD2 and Dewale from 2015. We spoke about Dewale in an episode with Juliet, who keep, we keep referencing. Yeah, this is a very Juliet-centric episode. Yeah, well... Very pro-Juliet. <laughs> we, we are very pro-Juliet. Yeah, hopefully she hears that one. Um, I don't like Dewale at all. I think it's kind of a mess. Yeah. Um, ABCD2, um, which is the sequel to ABCD. Um, it is stands for Anybody Can Dance. How come they didn't call it... Um, E-F-G-H. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody forgets good hankering. I, I don't know. <laughs> that should be the sequel to ABCD, though, right? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Prabhu Deva is in them, and like the dancing in those films is amazing. Yeah, I saw the, the drunk dance that Prabhu Deva did was yeah. pretty great. And Bruno Dewan is like equally fantastic. I think that's one of the things that really sets um, Bruno Dewan kind of like... Apart from some of the other up-and-coming actors, I think he really has the dancing chops. Yeah. Like, it's not just that he's a good actor and that he's very charismatic and that he's super good-looking. I think he can really dance and he Mm -hmm. really brings that energy. And you see that in full force in ABCD2, which, where he's playing, like, a real-life person, too. It's it's kind of interesting. Oh, weird. Yeah, we'll eventually talk about that when we do, like, a dance movie special. Mm -hmm. Maybe we will finally find the uh, Bollywood remake of Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Listeners, let us know. This has to have happened. <laughs> like, there's no way that they didn't remake that movie, because it is a perfect Bollywood premise. Yeah. I and mean, they remade A Star is Born. Yeah. But I don't know about Dirty Dancing. And they're doing that again in Hollywood, hey? Yeah. With Lady Gaga. That's a great... It's been remade many times. Yeah. Um, and he is currently filming um, Bad Renith Ki Dalhania, which is a sequel to Humpty Sharma Ki Dalhania. It's going to be a new story, new characters, but same director and same pair. So it's going to be Rundawan and Ali Abad again. So no... I can't wait. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah. And yeah, the you got a Jody like that. You want to use them. Yeah. And I like this idea of like a sequel being um, like a tonal sequel, like using the same actors and the same director, but not continuing the story. Because at the end of Humpty Sharma Kita Hanya, like... What else is there to say? They just have a happy life or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure everything goes great for them. But... It, I think this kind of plays into something I want to talk about I here. believe everything goes great with them. 
Well, they're they're also remaking Student of the Year, but with uh, Tiger No, they're Shroff. making a sequel to Student of the Year. Yeah, but uh, I think this ties into something I want to talk about with Verindawan, is that <clears throat> he's kind of a meta star. You watch his movies, right. and there is a, a, a collaboration of, you know, uh, shout-outs to other films, even direct, like, lifts from other films in the movie. And, you know, using him and Ali Abad as a Jody in some other film, I think plays to the... Bollywood strength of intertextuality. Yeah, I, I would say that I think his work has more to do with intertextuality than it does with metatextuality. I don't think it's quite what you see with um, with Farrah Khan's work, for example, mm-hmm. where I always see how it's commenting on the Bollywood industry mm-hmm. um, or something like Luck by Chance, like really kind of making the artifice known and kind of... Um, not like a full-on deconstruction, but a commentary. And that commentary can both embrace the the film and the film industry and be critical of it in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, he's not talking about the industry, but he is talking of... He's not talking about the industry. The The scripts that he's in... He's apparently a huge movie buff. He, lo- he watches yeah. them all the time. But the scripts he takes generally have callbacks to other movies throughout. And there is a... Like, watching Humpty Sharma Kita Honey... After having seen a lot of movies, you could see all the references they're making. DDLJ. DDLJ. And then uh, in every, both of these, except for Badlapur, there's tons of in jokes and things. Well, in Badlapur, there is a scene where they watch Sholay. They do watch Sholay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, he's just inextricably tied to the history of Bollywood in a way that I really like. Yeah, I think he, I think he positions himself in a kind of a continuum of stardom. Mm -hmm. And so, and you see that especially with things like, uh, Del Wale and main Terra Hero, where like he already positions himself as the next Shahrukh Khan. Yeah, like I think that's very clear when he does that pose and just the references throughout his films to other popular touchstones, um, both kind of contemporary ones. Like in main Terra Hero, you hear uh, songs from Yajwani Hainwani, um, and more classic ones like like DDLJ and Kick and Dishoom. Yes. Yeah, well, I think that's more of a Jack and Fernandez call out, but yeah. Um, but I think that yeah, there is kind of a playfulness and acknowledgement of Bollywood within his cinema. See, this is what I want like to run he, by you. He's a he. I really do believe is like the next leading man. Like we said at the opening, like he he's a Bollywood star. Well, here's what I want to run by you. Bollywood one is Bollywood Channing Tatum. Because mm. you can't do a Channing Tatum movie straight anymore. He's always got to right. have an angle on it where he's kind of winking and saying, you know, we're we're all friends here. We know that we, you can't do this kind of movie anymore. So, you know, just enjoy the ride, everybody. Yeah. Well, and they both have those kind of like... Um, they got the dancing chops. dramatic roles as well. Like Channing yeah. Tatum did Foxcatcher. And here we have Rune Wan doing Budlapur. So just because yeah. they play with their persona and there's a certain kind of... Um, awareness around it yeah. doesn't mean that they also can't do some serious dramatic roles. Yeah, I was going to say The Rock, who... He does love The Rock. He has he, a replica of The Rock's tattoo at the end of uh, yeah. Dishama Kitalania. But it's it's these these meta stars who are stars about stardom. Mm, they can't, mm-hmm. like, they've, they've figured out that you can't just have your own persona anymore. You have to kind of play with the past. Yeah. You have to acknowledge everyone who came before you. And I think him, like Channing Tatum and The Rock successfully do this although there is a fair amount of winking at the audience yeah and i think it's it's a big part of his appeal Mm -hmm. you know like i think 
We're told he's, he's a big film fan. Yeah, and like he's having fun and enjoys cinema just like we do. Like mm-hmm. he he kind of feels like a part of this whole thing. Well, there's a richness to his movies like, afterward because yeah. you might, you know, you'll get the joke about Lagan in Dishoom after watching Lagan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll you can come back to his movies, which are kind of outside of well, that they're they're the culmination of everything. Yeah, so I'm, you know, really looking forward to seeing where he goes next. And these uh, these three films that we're going to discuss here, as well as the other ones that we've already seen, have really like really convinced me that Varun Dhawan has it. You know, that indefinable Clarabeau. Mm-hmm. He's it. got the stuff. He, yeah, it's, he he's made of stardom. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to main Terra Hero, which translates to I'm your hero. So already in his uh, second film, Matt, he is setting himself up as a hero. He is literally <laughs> saying, I am the hero. Yeah. And the movie is kind of color-coded, at least the first half, I'd say, as like a four-color comic book adventure. Right. Right, yeah. Especially kind of like the, the poster. Betty and Archie type thing. Well, yeah. Betty, Veronica, and Archie type yeah, thing. Yeah, the poster, he's got his shirt yeah. off and he kind of looks like a superhero. They make references to it all the time. And, yeah, well, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to describe the plot for us? Sure. So the second movie by Varun Dewan comes out 2014 after Stoom of the Year and directed by his father, David Dewan. Who is apparently, um, we've never seen a David Dewan film, but he is known... Uh, for making a lot of classic kind of comedies, mostly in the 90s. Like yeah. he, he makes entertainers. Maybe he's, I don't know, Fairly Brothers? Who knows? <laughs> That's not quite scatological, though. Uh, stars Varun Dewan, Elena de Cruz, Nargis Fakhri, Arun Oday Singh, and Anupam Kher, and the voice of Salman Khan <laughs> as, what, five or six different deities? Yeah, various deities. Yeah. It's a remake of a Telugu film, Candy uh, Riga, and was a mixed su- success. Yeah, it received mixed critical reviews and uh, was a semi-hit. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot of this thing is kind of bifurcated. So the first half of the film sets up this kind of a school, like this college love triangle where Varun Dewan decides that like he wants to prove himself, so he goes off to this college. Well, no, he is so despised by everyone in his <laughs> small town for basically being a village asshole who thinks he's better than everyone right. else, that they they all come to the train station to see him leave and go to school. So yeah. this, is, you know, this is kind of a small detail at first, but then you realize that he's a trickster. He meets Elena de Cruz, immediately falls head over heels in love with her because he thinks the gods have told him that she's the woman for him. Without really even asking her if yeah. she's interested. But she is being blackmailed by a local cop into marriage. So well, he's <laughs> blackmailing her father. Yeah. In possibly the funniest joke in the... I think to an extent blackmailing her. Yeah, but possibly the funniest joke in the whole movie is that he keeps um, shooting... The the cop, Aruna Day Singh, keeps shooting his best friend, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) He just keeps shooting him and then blaming it on other people. He basically suckers uh, de Cruz's father into shooting him in the arm and then saying, Well, I got your fingerprints on this gun. You have to let me date your daughter now. Yeah. Um, Which is a terrible technique if you want to date somebody. Yeah. You should probably be nicer to the dead. They'll they'll let you date them That's if you a, want. That's not a great way to propose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. So I'll never be getting married. But mm-hmm. not a great way to propose to someone. That's more of an inside joke. Um, so the kind of first half of the film is about, you know, Verinda Wan uh, kind of getting De Cruz away from this kind of asshole. And, like, Who has a musical sting her- every time he goes up to... Dun. Dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Really kind of like 
you know, showing that uh, she can stand up to him and, you know, and she falls in love with him and he falls in love with her. And then in the second half of the film, she is kidnapped by gangsters because Annie Poincaré's daughter, played by Nargis Fukri, has decided that she is in love with Varundawan, so they kidnap his girlfriend so that Varundawan will follow her to Bangkok. And then the entire second half of the film is like a completely different kind of mad cop adventure well, turns, set in Bangkok. It actually turns <laughs> into the movie Mastazad, really. <laughs> yeah, I Just guess. a bunch of people in some rich weirdo's house getting into Shakespearean love triangles. But Or like squares. Love squares, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's very weird. The whole like plot in this movie does not matter. It's mm-hmm. just uh, like... Things to hang various jokes and gags on. Mm-hmm. Like, gags and stunts, as Lex G would say. That's all you need in a movie. Exactly. Like, it, none of this matters. No. Like, and, and that's why you struggle to describe it because it's just like, wait, what was actually going on in this movie and did anything matter? This is the sort of movie that I'm going to think about six months from now and think, did that actually happen? <laughs> did Anupam care having been born in a valley? mean that his voice just naturally echoes somehow, no matter where he is? Uh, I want to forget him, that detail, and mostly the crazy blonde wig he's wearing in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I... His buddy, who gets accidentally (laughs) shot in the brain by Byron Dewan, who is proving himself as a gangster in order to... It's it's ridiculous to describe, but uh, Anapem's best friend is shot and paralyzed and can only communicate via whistle. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I didn't really understand what was going on there. But I admit that I also kind of checked out of this film because this is really not my kind of thing. Like, it's yeah. well documented that I have no sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And this style of kind of broad comedy doesn't always work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did really enjoy Houseful 3, which I think is very similar. Um, but this... I don't know. I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think it's very clear that Verunda Wan has something special. Like even in this movie that I think is a bit of a train wreck, doesn't make any sense, and is ultimately kind of pointless. You still gravitate towards him. Yeah, you know, I think it's still very clear that he has that star power. I He's think, so yeah. charismatic and magnetic. The movie does a really good job of inserting him into beautiful locales. So, for instance, Nargis sees him beating some village hooligans up on a train. And it's like the train out of the Darjeeling Limited or something. Like, everything is bright blue and green and yellow, and it's super cool looking. It's got a nice pop aesthetic. Yeah. But I don't think it goes as far as it could with its pop aesthetic. Like, it doesn't doesn't come together. I wonder if there is a tradition of four-color, like, comics in India that they could have drawn upon. Yeah. Like, here you could have done it... Um, this is a terrible example, but the director's cut of the Warriors, which <laughs> would occasionally, you know, fade out into comics panels and have that sort of thing happen, or um, something like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I think came up before this. It would have been a little bit earlier. Yeah. Which does oh, oh, rep- no, Scott Pilgrim definitely came up. Yeah. Scott. Which which does replicate the idea of a comic in both, you know, its story pacing and the way it's framed. I think you're they really... They could have done that a bit more. You're really hanging on to this aspect, which I think was mostly present in the marketing and promotional materials for the film and less so in the film. But it yeah. does kind of like... When you see that that cover of, you know... Which I think is really trying to emulate something like Archie. Like, 
you think this is going to be fun and exciting and have that kind of energy. And then like, yeah, it doesn't. So I think that was an afterthought of putting that on the film and not something organic that's coming from the movie itself. I, you know, I'm a sucker for good marketing sometimes. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of Salman Khan kind of bequeathing movie stardom on to uh, Varun Dhawan by being uh, Sir Jesus, uh, Ganesh, <laughs> um, a couple other deities that he talks to in various statues. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's always nice to see kind of... Um, you know, the the old guard passing the torch. I'd like to see them in a movie together. I yeah. think that would be cool. Oh, that would be... Yeah, that would be really cool. And it's really fun to see him with Shah Rukh Khan and Dilwale. As much as I think... I think this movie is a bigger mess than Dilwale. Yes. Um, Dilwale, Dilwale <laughs> had the benefit of, like, being immaculately photographed. And I think the songs were better in Dilwale. But the songs were actually the best part of this one, too. Oh, yeah, and that's because Rwanda One can dance. Like, mm-hmm. that boy has got it. Like, And Nargis <laughs> is okay at dancing, but Elena de Cruz is pretty good, too. Oh, I love Elena de Cruz. Uh, I'm not sure quite where her career is going. She was recently in Rustum, where she looks kind of amazing in the period costuming and makeup. Like, she's just so, like, sumptuous. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that film, though, I, I would describe as, as sumptuous. I really like her, so I hope to see her in more things. Uh, this is the first film that Nargis Fakhri dubbed her own voice. We can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, she speaks Hindi about as well as I speak French, which, you know, sorry. <laughs> Even I can tell that she has a bad accent. I mean, this is something... A poor cont- accent. This is something continually leveled at Katrina Kaif, but I can't tell no, I being an English Katrina speaker Kaif. that she's that bad. Like, she kind of comes off a little bit flat, but Nargis, you can definitely tell that she's speaking with, like, an American English accent. Yeah, because she's from Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I... You know, she makes up for by being amazingly good looking, well, which which goes a long way. And I really like Nargis Fakhri. I yeah. I I think she's very talented. She's really good in Dishoom, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, soon. she's great in Dishoom. Um, and I also like. While I hear it, uh, you know, in the roles where she dubs her own voice, because obviously I didn't notice it in Rockstar where she was mm-hmm. being dubbed by someone else. Um, I don't have a big issue with it because I think in like Hollywood, we have people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and I love Arnold Schwarzenegger and I don't or want even, Arnold Schwarzenegger to sound any different. Or even Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. That kind breathy of, voice. She'd affect a kind of weird voice, kind of a baby doll thing. And it doesn't really detract from the performance because that's often tied to the character that she's playing. And yeah. the character that Nargis is playing is like a, a gangster's daughter who's grown up in privilege her whole life. So it kind of makes sense that she'd have the transatlantic voice. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, Nargis Fakhri, I don't think, is like a method actress. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she positions herself as a heroine, and I think does a great job of that. I, I really, I really like her. So, like, the central trio in this film, I really like. But the movie itself, eh. Yeah, Aruna Day Singh is interesting. I think he... He's interesting to look at because he's got that kind of rugby player. His ears are sticking out. He's a bit like uh, Amir Khan. Yeah, and he's giant too. Um, He's funny here though. He's he's decent in this. I think I actually liked him better in this than I did in Jism 2, which is ostensibly (laughs) more of a star vehicle for him. Whereas in this, he starts off as an antagonist and then he kind of becomes like a... Like an ally as the, the love triangle squares, you know, continue to unfold. <laughs> yeah. As, as, as the plot thickens? <laughs> yeah. The plot doesn't really what thicken. What plot there is? The plot doesn't really thicken so much as it just, you know, 
burbles. Yeah. There's also like a strange obsession with Verlander One's crotch here. Um, and I will say, I mean, Verlander One himself has uh, drawn <laughs> attention to his crotch uh, yes. in his social media. Yeah. But like for something shot by his dad. That's weird. <laughs> there's a lot of like, check out his penis. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird relationship to have with your dad. And I mean, while I enjoy it, like the best dancing involves him like really like doing some nice pelvic thrusts. Yeah. Well, that's in the song Palatera uh, Hero Ida High, which we're going to throw to right now, I think, because we don't really have much else to say about this movie. No, I think it's I think it's skippable. I think it's for Verunda Juan Pires. There's nothing but, that was in this movie that is not in Sooner of the Year, which is at least like six times better. Oh, if not more. Sooner yeah. of the Year is great. Like, just watch Sooner of the Year and even Dilwale. There's more going on in those two movies than there is in this one. Yeah, there's just... You know, I aside from the fun of watching some of these young performers together, I didn't have a great time with this movie. I think all of these people have better movies to watch, and I think that, you know, that there are better kind of... Um, just... Cinema. There's better cinema. Well, like, there's nothing about this movie that I think is overly interesting aesthetically, narratively. Um, so yeah. If this was the nothing. first Verne movie I'd seen, I don't think he could carry a movie. Mm-hmm. But in every other movie we've seen him in, he's awesome. Like this, this is just a you know um, an outlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now we'll uh, kick it to our song sample because the songs are good. good the songs, songs are yeah. good. Yeah. Palette, Terra, Hero. Itar High, um, which roughly translates to like, look, your hero is here. Yeah. Um, something like that. It's the, the leitmotif of the film. Look, Varundawan is here. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's, I think, really ultimately um, what this film does is establish Varundawan as a hero, even if the film itself is, uh, is kind of messy. Yeah. And after this sample, we're going to look at a movie where he's definitely not a hero. <laughs> no. And that was Terra Hero Eater High from Main Terra Hero. Uh, so like we promised, the next movie we're talking about in this episode is Bud Lepore, which shows Varun Dewan in a very non-heroic mode. Although at the beginning, you might think he is. Yeah. Okay. I have a really embarrassing confession to make about this film, Matt. I was there. You it, Let them know, not me. Uh, I watch about 700 films a year. Mm-hmm. I see almost everything that comes out. And I've been wanting to see this movie for months. And I was really excited to do this episode because I finally see Bud Lepore because I've heard such amazing things about it. And when the film started, uh, there's this kind of a... Varun Dewan's character is an advertising executive and they show kind of one of his ads to introduce him. And I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Just like Mastazad. Um, And just kind of assumed that like I'd seen it online somewhere or something. And as the film kept going, I was just like, man, all of this is really, really familiar. And there's like these... um, um, pictures on the wall of Arundhati dressed up as Batman and his son dressed up as Robin. The son's mm-hmm. name is Robin in the film. And I was like, those are really familiar. And I kept going. And by the interval, I realized I'd seen this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I completely <laughs> forgot that 
I'd seen the movie. And then in the second half, I remembered absolutely everything that was going on and happening. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like... Now I feel like people are going to assume that uh, if I actually forgot I'd seen the film, then it must have must not be that good. Like it must not made that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I watch a lot of movies and I just somehow forgotten that I'd seen this one. And I think it's partly because this movie isn't overly Bollywoodish. It's very film noir. Exactly. It's, it's a very kind of noir, intense thriller. It reminds me more of South Korean cinema than it reminds me of Hindi cinema. And this is also the first time you'd seen Varun Dhawan, so you, didn't, you weren't really seeing his star persona in action. No, I would have seen Humpty Sharmaki Dalhania before this. Hmm. Yeah. But, but he's not recognizable. He really does change his whole image for this yeah. movie. When so, he's got the beard on, he does... Kind of look like Keanu. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I love Keanu. Your favorite actor. Uh, so I don't, I don't want people to assume that you know, kind of my memory lapse means that this movie doesn't have a lot of impact. It isn't awesome because this movie does have a lot of impact and it is awesome. Yeah. And when I finally realized I'd seen it before, I got really excited because I was like, oh yeah, no, this is this is really good. Well, there, there's kind of a cycle of Bollywood noir coming out that yeah. this really plays into. Yeah. It goes alongside, you know. Raman Raghav and Ugly. This could be an Anurag Kashyap B-side or something, mm-hmm. but it's it's fantastic. It is, yes. And uh, why don't you give us the plot? Sure. Well, directed by Shuran Raghavan, a little bit more of a tie-in to Raman Raghav. <laughs> and also, you know, main character is named Raghav, too, uh, in this one. But uh, starring Varun Dhawan, Nawazuddin Siddiqui, and I'm going to get into him in a minute, but this, this maybe crystallized something in my mind about Nawazuddin Siddiqui. Uh, Huma Qureshi from uh, Gangs of Wasipur. Yami. Yami Gautam and uh, Vinny Pathak. Uh, this was a very critically acclaimed film. Got lots of award noms. And uh, got Varun a nomination for Best Actor at Filmfare. And it was also up for Best Film, Best for Actor, and Best Supporting Actor, presumably for Siddiqui. Made a lot of money, too. So it's, um, you know, solid success all around. Uh, the movie takes place in Pune. And... Um, Follows Varun Dewan, who you mentioned earlier is an advertising exec, who has the worst day of his life. Yeah. And he's not even there to see what happened. So his wife and son are out doing something, just out on the high street. They're at the bank. Yeah. I don't even know if they were at the bank. Mm. The robbers were at the bank. They were just around. And uh, Nawazuddin Siddiqui and his buddy uh, rob the bank behind them and take them hostage in their car in a very... uh, interestingly shot scene because you're watching the outside of the bank or the outside of the street basically yeah. and you're wondering at first who's talking and it's it's you know it's ruined one's wife and talking to their son and why you're looking at yeah this. you don't really know why it's, it's sort of similar to Aligarh, which starts off by watching the professor's mm. house and eventually you come to realize what all happened yeah but here we watch the high street we watch them get into the car and then we see two masked men essentially assault them, throw them in the car, and then drive off. What happens afterwards is that uh, the kid falls out of the car, hits his head, he dies. Yeah. His wife gets shot after essentially going crazy after this event. She dies too. This drives Vern Dewan, his character, uh, Ragu, drives him absolutely insane. Yeah, as it would anyone. Yeah. he um, He's filled with rage. Rage and regret and... You know, it, it seems a little bit strange to me that, I mean, I've never had a family member die in such dramatic circumstances, but I don't think you would let 
the father into the um, morgue after a child has been autopsied. Because mm-hmm. he mentions that he's seen his child cracked open. Yeah, and he arrives at the hospital just in time to watch his wife die in yeah. a very emotional and tragic scene. Well, she her eyes are open, but she can't see him. Yeah. And, you know, this this movie um, allows Varun Dewan into a bunch of places where he probably shouldn't go. You probably mm-hmm. shouldn't see your kid with the Y incision on his chest. I mean, we don't see it. We see his face. We see his his limp hand, but what Dewan sees is, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so the one, you might have needed to identify the body though. Possibly. But I think, you know, in other movies we've seen, you've got someone in a room behind a mirror, a glass showing, you know, identifying par- parts of a body, someone's, someone's, uh, birthmark or their face. Right. And in this one, it seems like he's in there by himself. Right. He's not. There's. A, there isn't even a doctor there. This might be dramatic purposes, but mm. it is incredibly symptomatic of the way that Dewan's character is driven around the bend. Right. Um, so they catch Nawazuddin Siddiqui after his buddy gets away with the money, and in what's a really interesting turn of events. I, I had no really no idea what this movie was about going in, but he's sentenced to twenty years for mm. robbing and murder. And um, he serves most of his sentence. There's a 15-year time gap in the middle of this movie. Yeah, and so what really surprised me about this film is that Varun Dewan is a very young actor. He's very up-and-coming and has, like, a certain kind of a, a useful image. And in this movie, he's playing a man who's 20 years older than him for most yeah. of it. He's got to be that, in his 40s by the end of the movie. Yeah, that goes against so much of kind of the... Uh, the star ego we expect from Bollywood, where you have these these guys like Salman Khan and Shah Rukh Khan playing people who are 20 years younger than him, and it's completely unbelievable. 20, 30 years younger. And yet here, Varun Dewan ages himself, and and this is why I don't think I, I kind of recognized him when I first saw this film, because, again, he becomes kind of unrecognizable to the young, pretty boy that you see in his other films. He gets this full-on beard and just kind of the weight of his depression and his obsession um, and the violent nature that, that kind of comes out of this uh, really transforms him. Yeah, it's really unlike any other performance he's given. Yeah. And I will say that the first maybe half an hour he's young. Yeah. And there's a few flashbacks, but the duration of the running time of the film, he's old uh, old Varun. Okay. Uh, punished Varun. <laughs> yeah, and so and he, he kind of plays... The long game. He he wants revenge. Gives up his life. And he wants revenge against Nawazuddin Siddiqui. Yeah. He wants revenge against the partner who you know, not really knowing what happens to him at first. Yeah, and so he waits for the opportunity to to get that revenge. And so essentially, when Nawazuddin Siddiqui is diagnosed with cancer and is dying in jail, a social worker comes to him and says, you know, if you forgive him, he can get out five years early and enjoy the last ten months of his life. Um, with his mother and Varundalan agrees to this just so he will find out who the partner is because it's assumed that Siddiqui will immediately go to his partner yeah. to try and, try and get his cut of the money. Like and, in a lot of movies, Nawazuddin Siddiqui spends most of it getting his ass kicked by the police. And I'd like yeah. to nominate a new award on the <laughs> Bollywood is for Lovers uh, awards. The Nawazuddin Siddiqui Memorial Award for endurance, endurance in the face of uh, police brutality. Because okay. he 
in this movie gets beaten up by prison guards. He mm-hmm. gets beaten up by Varun Dewan. When they show him in prison, like they take him there for some sort of victim statement or something. But they probably shouldn't have done that. And he gets beat up by Varun Dewan. He gets beat up and almost raped by prisoners in the prison. Mm-hmm. He gets beat up by Varun Dewan later. <laughs> Just lots of beatings for Nawazuddin. And I had, like, over the course of this movie, I was trying to remember, it's like every single Nawazuddin Siddiqui movie I've seen, potentially not Freaky Ali, but who knows, he's usually in jail and getting beaten by prison guards at some point in the narrative. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know... He's he's got one of those faces. Well, (laughs) a face that a cop would like to punch. Yeah, I'm sure there's a German word for it. Yeah, it's just that he's always playing gangsters, he's playing criminals. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm actually really happy for Freaky Ali, even though he's apparently a gangster in it. Well, I mean, he's lovable in The Lunchbox and um, Bajrani Bajan. He doesn't always go towards these dark roles. But it, it, it is amazing to me that this guy who... Is often typecast. Yeah, you kind of root for him regardless, yeah. and he, just because of what he what happens to him every he's single a cop time. Cop turned priest in teen, which you haven't seen. So yeah. like there, he'd be the one doing the beating. But in this one, you know, <laughs> one of the I guess you'd call it a fairly uh, a good character moment for him is that he does not give up the identity of his partner for fifteen years. Yeah, like he gets beaten by prisoners in jail to figure out who owns the money. He gets beaten up by the cops who want to figure out, they want to clear this case. He just won't give them up. Yeah. Which, I mean, the the entire crux of the plot weighs on this. Yeah. And once he gets out, Varundawan's revenge really starts to set in motion. And the film takes a very kind of nihilistic route towards just kind of how revenge and despair can consume an individual yeah this is a really bleak film but i think is really fascinating it's very it's good really enjoyable and it's so well executed it reminds from, me of a uh, stephen from the king's script story. yeah to the directing to the acting to the editing like everything about this movie i think is working perfectly with every other element and the music like there's some really mm-hmm. powerful music in this film and i like how it's maybe a like, little bit over the a, top the music but it I is i like it, it it's works. enjoyable no i think i think that level of kind of like the music adds uh some melodrama mm-hmm. which i think well it's very 40s film noir yeah which i think really kind of brings things together um and even though this is like not a typical bollywood film uh, during the credits, they do have a really badass dance sequence. About um, how he wants to die. <laughs> yeah, about how his life is terrible and he wants to die. But Varundawan really like... Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about Varundawan is the way he dances. So even in a movie where there is no dancing, at least in the credits, we get a bit of it. Yeah, uh, they, I was saying before, this reminds me of a Stephen King story, uh, Dolan's Cadillac. If you've ever read that one, I think they might have made a movie about it. But it's just about the enormity of revenge and how mm. long it takes you to plan... Like, the perfect murder. And how a good person can can really turn bad. Yeah. You were saying you like the editing, and I'm with you up to a certain point, because there was one scene in this film no, I think that this tricked is, both of us. I think this is our failure and not the film's. It, there is a... we replayed this one section, and I think it's very clear in hindsight. I don't think so. Okay. I think... There is a hard cut between two things, and what is it? The Kuleshov effect, right? Mm-hmm. You have a tendency to think that these two things are connected, and the way that the sound is used makes you think that 
A, one thing that we were promised is happening. B, our expectations are reversed. And then C, actually our expectations of the horrible thing we thought was happening has been reversed again. Right. And it's a lot to take in like a split second cut. Right. And we're, uh, we're I don't really want to say because this is one of the big plot twists of the movie, but it is a little bit difficult without any signifiers to understand what has happened in that scene. I think in hindsight, rewatching it, it was very clear. That's only um, in hindsight, though. When I you're watching it, it is unclear. I think it's mostly really well done. The only thing I dislike about it is um, when it when uh, when you get the transition um, from one scene to the next, the cut. Uh, it ends um, on <laughs> them like kind of like on a, a Scrabble board, yeah. and the words revenge, yeah, spelled out. I think that is that is just like a cheesy gag that this movie doesn't need. Yeah, well, especially considering Dewan is trying to establish a uh, alibi in this scene, and maybe if you're going out to get revenge, maybe just hold off on your fun little. I'm just going to put revenge on this Scrabble board, and no one's going to know. No one will be the wiser. Yeah, it that it's a weird note to end a scene on, and then the next scene is immediately jarring. Yeah. Um, I have a note to make here about the title, because mm. um, I and I think that might be one of the reasons why um, I didn't know that I'd seen the film beforehand, um, because the the title uh, doesn't have a lot of meaning for us um, as people who don't speak Hindi and people who aren't familiar mm-hmm. with uh, the geography of Pune and other places in in India, mm-hmm. um, and so I just kind of didn't make the association between the film I'd seen and the title. Um, and this is according to IMDb trivia. Take that for a grain of salt. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, the title Badlapur is a reference to two things. One, Badla, which means revenge in Hindi. And two, the protagonist sees a Badlav, i.e. a transformation in himself in the film. Also, Badlapur is the name of a railway station in Mumbai that is often used as a location for arrival and departure from Pune, where the main events of the film take place. And you do see that train station sign quite a it bit. It comes up the quite film. a few times, but also on but I the... But like, I like the double meaning of that title. I think well, it's yeah. the same. And the, the cover of the DVD, we're pretty sure this was a legit, legit DVD. It had the Eros Now disclaimer before. Yeah. But instead of having Badlapur all in Hindi, it has Budla in Hindi and then P-U-R... In English. Yeah. So it does have that, um, you know, budla mm-hmm. and then poor. Yeah. It could have had a slash or something through it, but I think that juxtaposing the two languages like that, uh, in retrospect, we do get it now. Yeah. And I think um, kind of reading that that meaning on the title really kind of illuminates, or maybe not illuminates, but just reflects, I think, the main themes we saw within the film, which were kind of revenge and that change in people, mm-hmm. you know, that, that transformation, that shift mm-hmm. you know like one bad day can turn a good man bad yeah the and, killing joke <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it is the killing joke i fucking hate the killing joke but yeah sure yeah. it's it's that thing that the joker is trying to get to commissioner gordon yeah and in this case it works i i love this movie i really do think yeah, it was fantastic i mean i'm a big fan of noir um and i i mean i have a bit of a complicated relationship with revenge films. There's a lot of revenge films I really love. Um, a lot of South Korean ones that really stick out to me. Uh, you were well, saying that this reminds you of South Korea. It does. This, this film really does remind me of South Korean films. And I know a lot of people have made a comparison between this film and I Saw the Devil, um, which I totally see. Um, I will also say that I Saw the Devil does have an official Bollywood remake called Ek Villain, which is a very messy film, which I'm sure we will talk about at some point. 
Well, even something like Old Boy with the time shift. And, and there's a Bollywood remake of Old Boy. Well, yeah, but like the the guy turning his body into an instrument of revenge. Yeah. I think they could have done that a little bit better, maybe showing, you know, at one point you see old Varun, punished Varun with his shirt off and he's super buff. It would be a good idea to maybe show that he's been training for this. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like that is that he'd been waiting for it, but that... He didn't really seize the opportunity until it was there. Well, it's almost like, he, he thought he was going to have to wait 20 years. Yeah, I don't think this film is as calculated as some of the revenge films can be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it shows... It's not memento. Exactly. It doesn't show a certain kind of like like wheels turning into lects. And I think... But we're we're that's dis- that's to the film's strength, and that's what makes it feel more noir. Well, we're we're distanced from Varun, um, his personality. It, it I read it in another uh, review that it's actually argued that he's not even privy to the main events of the movie. Yeah, he's not there when his wife dies, not there when his kid dies, and he's not there for the ultimate realizations at the end either. Yeah, he kind of becomes a side player in what's going on with Siddiqui's life. Yeah, and the twists in this aren't like these perfect. You know, like clockwork type, like Nolan esque twists that just like illuminate everything. I and I think again, this is what makes it feel m- more noir. Is yeah. It's not calculated. It feels rough and messy, and it feels like the impact of it just weighs on you well, so it's, much. It's hard yeah. not to watch this movie and just feel so depressed and depleted by the end of it. It's based entirely on human frailty. Exactly. Because, uh, like, Siddiqui didn't even mean to do that. It, it was a mistake the whole time, and it's a mistake that, you know, spoiler alert, will eventually cause a lot of problems for everyone later on. And a lot 20 of 20 years of pain, and, yeah. And, and Siddiqui makes a very good point, which I think might be the crux of the film for me, when he says to Varun Dawan, um, I panicked. Mm-hmm. I panicked and made a mistake. You are calculating revenge. You are becoming a well, murderer. Well, in that scene, he says, you know, regardless as if I get out of jail, I'm, go- I'm you know, I, I, I'm out in tw- 10 months. You're in jail for the rest of your life and you don't even know it. Yeah. Well, exactly. And he's built... He's built a... He's built this prison himself almost. Yeah. Like a weird shrine. Grief. He's built a weird shrine to his family and his house. But yeah. the, most of his house is Spartan and spare. This grief has consumed him, and he's never been able to move on. And never, I mean, if anything, I think this film is a testament to um, the like human need to forgive and move on. Because yeah. in, in, if you don't do that, this is what you become. We haven't talked at all about Huma Qureshi, but I think she does an excellent job I love for Huma what she's Qureshi. given. She is essentially the whore with a heart of gold stereotype. But she gives it a little bit more nuance, I think, especially yes. in after the twenty-year time, you no, know, fifteen-year time jump, where she's kind of the kept woman of a gangster in town, and you know, you realize that she's trapped as well. I love Huma Qureshi. I think the pairing of her and Nawazuddin Siddiqui is iconic, uh, especially after Gangs of Wasi Four. And she and you, she's privy to the moment where um, Varun Dhawan turns bad. The worst, because she gets raped by him. Yeah. And that's where you realize, oh, I probably shouldn't be rooting for this guy's revenge, because he's he's dragging more people down with him. Which is one of the things that I really like about this film. It mm-hmm. shows how 
revenge is messy and awful and not glorified. And that's why I'm saying, like, I have a complicated re- relationship mm-hmm. with revenge films because there's some that I really love. Like, again, Point Blank, one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Love it. But Lee Marvin's a monster in that movie. He's a monster towards the <laughs> mafia. And, and his ex-wife. And his ex-wife. But, <laughs> you know, in this one, you know, everyone who meets Verundawan is essentially doomed. Yeah, and so, like... Yeah, this I, I think I don't think there's much more we can say about this film. I think we need to move on to Jishu, but uh it's it's worth it. And um It shouldn't you know, it shouldn't be it? your first Varundawan film though. No, you no, should I don't you think should so. be aware of his fun star persona before this, because then you can see what he's doing to avoid that. Exactly. Watch it and in a year and a half, watch it again. <laughs> yeah, just be like Aaron. It you know, it's it's such a tricky movie that you may even forget that you've seen it. <laughs> All right, well, that leads us to uh, our last film to discuss in this episode, a movie that's currently in theaters that we saw in theaters, Dishoom by Rohit Dawan, who is Varun Dawan's brother. Yeah, a little bit of uh, Bollywood nepotism there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. In addition to all of the other nepotism we discussed. But, again, I do want to make it clear, um, there is a lot of nepotism in Bollywood, but not every kind of star kid makes it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think the ones that do, they've worked really hard. And so, well, um, I think the nepotism is a problem. I don't want to kind of dismiss or discredit any of these performers that I think really do yeah. have it. Would you say that this is potentially closer to the dynasty founded by Francis Ford Coppola, who his daughter's <laughs> a director, you know, his cousin, nephew, Nicolas Cage? He's nephew. a nephew. Yeah. Like they all have embarked on artistic paths, you know, perhaps provided by being on the ground floor of new Hollywood, but yeah. they, and his grandkids are making movies now too. Yeah. It's, it's not so much, you know, I'm going to make my kid a star as it is a talented family. Maybe, maybe. I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, and I don't. Um, I want the work to speak for itself. Well, I do think there should be opportunities for people who don't come from powerful mm-hmm. Bollywood families. Like a to, Nawazuddin Siddiqui, for instance, who yeah, started off as, a, as junior, an, yeah, a junior artiste. Exactly. He made his way up into being a a, a, a star now. He's got Freaky Ali coming out. We keep bringing it up, <laughs> but you know he's the main character of this movie. Yeah. So, well... Um, I do think there should be opportunities for um, all talented people to get involved. I also think that, you know, yes, some of these individuals have certain advantages. So, Dishoom, currently in theaters, it stars John Abraham, Varun Dewand, Jacqueline Fernandez, Akshay Khanna, and Saqib Salim, who is Huma Qureshi's brother. And a wonderful cameo by a certain action star I won't mention because his appearance will delight you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And Nargis Fakhari. And Nargis, who yeah. also shows up in a pivotal and sexy role. Yeah, and she's in the trailer, so, you know, not not a spoiler. Um, it, it is a, also a remake of a, of a Believe a South Indian film. Uh, and it's a buddy cop movie. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Saqib Salim plays... Uh, celebrated cricketer. I think he's very much supposed to be a Virat Kohli type. Here yeah. his name is Raj. Raj Sharma, right? Raj Sharma, yes. And uh, on the like two days, not the eve, but two days before India is set to play Pakistan in like a very important cricket game, mm-hmm. he is kidnapped. And India sends their top cop, 
John Abraham to get him back. So mm-hmm. that in time to play this cricket match. Otherwise, you know, like yeah. mass hysteria. It's immediately assumed after a video surfaces that a crazed Pakistan supporter has stolen mm-hmm. him. But the actual plot of this movie is pretty twisty as well. Yes. So John Abraham goes and doesn't really like the cops that he is paired up with. He has no patience for any of this um, and immediately picks out Varun Dhawan, who is a rookie, to be his guide. And it's become a bit of like the uh, he's almost the, the mascot, yeah. <laughs> the captain's like personal assistant. Yeah. He like gets the groceries, yeah. and so he's introduced, kind of like picking up the groceries. But he's eager to prove himself, yeah. and has never solved his first and only case he's been assigned, which is to track down a bulldog named Bradman. Yeah. And wouldn't you believe it, Matt? Yeah. Just like uh, in uh, as we're explained in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. uh, these two cases, which which are the same fucking case. Un- Related, turn same out to be the same case. Yeah, love that best trope ever in a detective movie. Um, Jacqueline Fernandez also factors in as uh, she ends up with. She's a pickpocket. Yeah, she's a pickpocket and ends up with Virage's cell phone, and she kind of like joins the madcap adventure and helps the guys out. And this this movie is like. So much fun. There's also I an extra ter- really like extraterritorial invasion of Yes. And okay, yeah. so one of the things Alabine, that- I think it's called. Abladine? Th- something yeah. like that. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked about this film is like, I mean, you do see um often in Bollywood films that like Pakistan is set up to be India's enemy. And here you kind of think it's going in that direction. And then actually it turns out that, you know, and again, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it turns out that the kidnapping really has nothing to do with that. Yeah. And trying to put these two countries against one another um, is just a ruse. And then they go to this other, like, fictional terrorist country. And I like that that country is fictional because, you know, you can, uh, you can take offense to the stereotyping, but I think by making it fictional, they distance themselves from that and they make the joke really obvious and they're not... Yeah. They're not throwing anyone under the bus. So well, you also get to play with some of that imagery. Yeah. You get to play with some of that imagery. And it's also, it reminds me of uh, comics, how they'll make up, you know, Latveria mm. or uh, that country that Black Adam's in charge of in DC Comics. You know, you can, you can bring your own prejudices towards whatever country it is if you want to. But for the purposes of the story, it's just an adventure place. Exactly. It's exactly. like it's like Morocco or Interzone or something. It's it's a place that in the filmic imagination <laughs> Like Morocco Morocco exists, Matt. But Morocco <laughs> in like the ideas of, you know, Second World War movies. Yes, yes. Like it, it's just this place where there's no law and you can do whatever you want. Uh, more like Interzone, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Algiers. Like this, this lawless place where adventure can happen. Yeah, and I—it's very pulp. I really appreciate that. This movie is so much fun. I think Johnny Abraham and Verduan have great chemistry, and I think kind of the dichotomy of their characters is like Johnny Abraham being this really tough. Uh, rogue cop who kind of gets softened with his relationship with Varun Dewan and Varun Dewan kind of being this kind of insecure but eager rookie who I think develops a sense of confidence and becomes more self-assured by being with John Abraham. Like, He's I like just, his big brother. Yeah, I think um, at about the interval point when they reveal kind of some twists and turns in the plot, that's a bit messy. I think it's a bit it's overly labored. It's a bit forced. Mm-hmm. Um but the central kind of conceit of this film and the fun that you're having with this, like, kind of, you know, 
running down the clock, you know, police investigation is really fun. And it has like, it has a sense of kind of spectacle that I really appreciate. There's some really good stunts. and Yeah, really good stunts. It really like... I, I honestly believe that Bollywood does the best action comedies. Like, they really know how to marry that kind of yeah. sense of humor. And here, see, I do have a sense of humor in that I found this movie really funny. Um, but you see this a lot in the Doom films. Like, marry that sense of, like, humor and, like, wink, wink. Can you believe this crazy nudge, crap nudge? that's happening? Yeah, yeah, with, like, really awesome, like, yeah. action set pieces. I wouldn't say it's as kinetic and intense as a Michael Bay set piece. No. But it's also <laughs> it's, a lot it's also yeah it's easier to follow. Um, I thinking about this movie, I was trying to remember. There's not even a lot of guns fired at people. No. There's guns fired for comedic effect, but it it is more like an '80s buddy comedy. Yeah, it's really fun, and I think something that like everyone can enjoy. There's also a recurring subplot about him looking for a wife, and he's he's put a want at it with his face. Yeah. And, Continually during the action, he keeps getting called by this family who thinks he's <laughs> ugly, and the payoff is not amazing, but it's a funny it's a funny subplot throughout the movie, which is really funny with the exception of the last song. Now, I there's there's three songs in this film. The first two I love. I think they're great. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people think that like if a movie opens with a song, that's a bad signal. I don't mind. Like get me into a music video right away. I I yeah. love that shit. And the one in the terrorist country where is it Jacqueline Fernandez is dancing around? So good. And Bruno Dewan and like Johnny Abraham's kind of brooding. That well, he's brooding and also arm wrestling. <laughs> I know that has so much energy. It is so much fun. But I noticed something about that. What? So in the trailers when this film came out. The clips from that song sequence, Jacqueline Fernandez had a, a dagger on her belt, which a lot mm-hmm. of people interpreted as a curpan. It was yeah. apparently not supposed to be a curpan. Curpan is um, an important... It's a Sikh thing. It's, yeah, it's an important symbol for Sikh, for Sikhs. Um, and so a lot of people were upset about that, and they said, no, it's just like a generic Arabic dagger. In the movie, it's not there. Do they remove it digitally or what? I have no idea. Yeah. But and I rewatched the trailers. It's there in the trailers, but it's not there in the movie. So I mean, I, I guess I the like subtext them. of that whole scene is that whoever wins the arm wrestling competition gets to sleep with Jacqueline Fernandez, right? Yeah. Like, and there's you know women in cages. Like yeah. there, it's this crazy like slavery narrative in this weird city that but- these two cops don't actually report on afterwards or let them go. <laughs> I was kind of thinking. Like, maybe they'll escape with all the girls there, but they don't. Abedin, Abedin, whatever the place is called. Yeah. Forget about it, Jake. It's (laughs) Abedin. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, it's clearly a farce. It's clearly a joke. I didn't have a problem with that. And I think, like, Jacqueline Fernandez really holds her own. Like, she is a very hardworking actress. Um, And I... I really like her, and I really think that, like, she's having a great year yeah. with, like, Houseful 3, this, she has a flying jack coming up, she's working very hard, and she is such a breath of fresh air in this film. I don't think it would work without her. There's also an entertaining structure with, um, as the as the two cops learn what happened to Sharma, we also learn via flashback what happened to him over the course of this night. And, yeah. you know, tried and true. Good way of showing a mystery story. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think there's a there's a few missteps. What I was gonna say is that the the last song just like yeah, awful. The, the culmination I mean, of this wedding subplot. Yeah, I I like featuring I like an the, item number. Yeah, I like the culmination of like the final joke, but then the song sequence that we get out of it, I honestly think is terrible. I think that song is bad. It I should don't be think in a different movie. Great. Yeah. yeah, it just 
It doesn't work. Uh, it features Perrionetti Chopra, um, and she like has she's skinny now. Yeah, actively promoting this because she lost a lot of weight. I think her outfits are really cool, but I just I don't like this song at all. No, it's a it's a boring song that really should it shouldn't be capping off a fun action movie. Which is frustrating because the rest of the movie is so much fun, and to end on I think this note. Is yeah, it's a little bit sour. It, it's like you they want you to leave the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Get out now. We got to clean up. So, it sounds like they're going to make a sequel to this. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, maybe Paranidi Chopper will be in it too. Yeah. Cuz apparently they're married. <laughs> yeah, and she's going to have his babies, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, maybe maybe Varun has to come solve a, a case in India. Yeah. That'd be cool. I think this movie out of all of them has the most kind of like rewatchability just yeah. cuz I think it's it's a fun party movie. Like this is a movie that you could like Get some beers, put on, yeah. watch with your bros and your we did and your girls. We didn't mention actually Kana, but he's a capable villain. Oh yeah, you said he's looking pretty fine. He is looking pretty fine. I've never thought actually Kana was like attractive, and here I'm like, yeah, he's he's. I think really he looks it. he looks good with a shaved head. He does in race. Yeah. He he's got hair, and it's not quite as good. But in this, he's got kind of a hard edge to him that makes him look pretty badass. Yeah, too. and I was glad to see him. I think like yeah, he's he's good. I mean, yeah, he's not quite as good as he, he is at T-Smart Con, but he's pretty good in this. Well, yeah, and he plays the right level of kind of like sneering, like yeah. evil, maniacal. Master I do think they like type. labor a bit over his backstory. Like, mm. It's it's, not it's a, to show that he's not a... Well, we don't want to say, but it's to show that he's an extraterritorial person. Yeah. he's. It's not a perfect film, but it there's enough here that I just found myself, you know, enjoying... Isn't it kind of fun to have a movie where... The person, the MacGuffin who's been stolen, it's a guy. That doesn't yeah. happen that often. Yeah. Like, it, it's a guy, it's an important guy who's stolen. It's not a girl. It's not a kid. Mm-hmm. It's it's a guy. And I think uh, Sakib Salim does a great job here. Uh, I'm looking. He's forward- mostly tied up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in more movies, though. Uh, they also pull a trick from... Die Hard with a Vengeance that I liked. <laughs> I won't say what it is, but it, okay. it is it is appropriate to the plot. Yeah. This is fun. This is a fun movie. I recommend it. Yeah. It, it seems like they've watched a lot of 80s, 90s action comedies and just distilled it into a fun parable about Pakistan and India. And I think there's like a lot of bad boys um, kind of uh, comparisons being made, but it's far better than bad boys. And it's not like uh, cynical I'll, like bad boys. I'll go to bad for bad boys too for just being oh. crazy over the top. I know you're not a big fan, but um, I, I, I appreciate that it exists. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about Nargis, but uh, she's a hot rich lady who <laughs> runs into Virat Sharma for a couple minutes. And the one cameo that we're not revealing because it's better if you don't know is awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's... Uh, I'm doing a duck face now. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, you, you'll agree. But uh, it's where the, um, probably the shot that has seen the most attention from the film of uh, um, Varun Dewan and uh, John Abraham in their underpants. That, that, that's where this scene comes from, and it's pretty funny. Again with Varun Dewan's crotch. Yeah. He's packing. <laughs> so he would want you to believe. That's true, yeah. I don't know if this is a Spinal Tap type scenario, but uh, he's definitely drawing attention to himself. Well, that brings us to an end of this episode of Bollywood is for Lovers. We will be back in two weeks, and we will be welcoming uh, the movie tricks on to discuss uh, Jism and Jism 2. Yeah, Aruna Day sings uh, Jism 2, which we were speaking about earlier. <laughs> yes. Features another of our favorites, Sonny Leone. And we'll see what we think of this movie. But this, this podcast is more of a satirical podcast than ours, I think. Yes. 
Yeah. Can you explain what their deal is? They're they're the most uh, the biggest podcast in Edmonton. Yeah, um, they watch movies that um, generally people don't want to watch. We've both been on the show before, and the kind of the 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 idea behind it is that you pick a movie that you want to kind of inflict on them, and then mm-hmm. they come back at you with a similar one. So we've chosen Jism One and Jism Two. Yeah, I'm pretty this sure purpose. this is going to be a lot of the three of you giggling over the title Jism, which means body. Yeah, um, and me <laughs> trying to seriously discuss the films. Uh, hilarity will ensue. <laughs> yeah. I can't say I care for either of them, them that much, so that's my cards on the table right now. All right. Uh, so join us in two weeks for that episode. Um, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, your syncopated rhythm has drawn me to this yet again. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Look us up, Bollywood is for Lovers. You can find the show on Twitter, at Bollywood Pod. You can find both Aaron and I on Twitter. I'm Matt, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. And I'm Erin E. Fraser, E-R-I-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can find the show at our preferred listening device, Audio Boom. Mm-hmm. But you can also find it on iTunes, Stitcher. We're also on Eros Now in their Bollywood Bits section. Yeah. Um, you can't escape us, really. We're omnipresent now. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, and while you're over at iTunes, you know, hitting that subscribe button, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, we haven't had reviews in a while, but yeah, we'll slacking. read all of them out um, at the top of the show. Uh, if you're in a country other than Canada, please also send us a line telling us you left us a review just so we can uh, look at it because, unfortunately... You have to look up each country individually. Yeah, and, if, uh, and we have a lot of listeners from outside North America, so yeah. you know, let us know. It's it's tough to keep track of all the countries at once. While you're over at iTunes, please check out my other show. Uh, it's a weekly podcast that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Out in the Movies. We have an episode coming up on Nerve and the Game. Really looking forward to that. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, they'll hear us. We don't actually see them. They'll see us. (laughs) Or they won't see us coming. Okay.